All right. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Double B Creates. Uh, we finally got Kevin and Brad back together after a couple uh, episodes of hiatus. But today we're talking to somebody new. Um, this gentleman has been in kind of a lot of things and I'm going to kind of let him introduce himself rather than doing his intro for him. So without further ado, we're talking to Dylan Ali today. Thank you so much for hopping on today and giving us uh, some of your time. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. I absolutely appreciate the opportunity to uh, just share this time and space with you and your audience. Um, so I'll give you the quick, uh, the quick five minute skinny on it. Um, just spent the last 25 years in sales, 20 of it in corporate IT sales. Um, my first official day into 100% entrepreneurship was February 6th. And so had a pretty cool, fun career. Started off um, back at 1-800 called Dell, right? Back when it was, uh, dude, you're getting a Dell, the Steven guy. I don't know if you guys remember that guy or not. Yeah, yeah I do, uh, yeah. Right? And then dude got busted for weed, and it was like, dude, you're going to jail. <laughs> you know, Bill. Yeah, yeah. Poor, uh, <laughs> poor Steven took a hammer on that one. But I was the dude on the other end of the phone when you call that 1-800 number. <clears throat> so I started my career there at Dell at, what, $32,000 a year. <clears throat> now, this was actually coming out of uh, retail appliance and electronic sales where, you know, um, while all my buddies were in college, I was banging out, you know, 10, 12-hour days slinging appliances. Um, but I was making like 70, 80 grand a year. Right. Um, so it was fun. So I've been in hustle and grind work mode for a long time. And I literally just took that over into corporate. And so I remember leaving, um, Beaumont, Texas to head up to Austin, Texas. And as most of these stories go, there was a girl involved. And so I followed the girl and, uh, getting ready to leave. One of my buddies just said, Hey man, you should go to work for Dell. Um, even the janitor at Dell's a millionaire. So do that. And I was like, okay, cool. Pretty much six months later, I was, you know, walking into uh, my first day at Dell, May 10th, 1999. Um, fast forward, you know, February 5th was my last day and I exited, you know, I started at three, 32,000 a year. I left at 250 a year at my target. So I would say that I'd found every bit of success that I was looking for. Um, you know, had I had I chosen to continue that path, you know, I I roadmapped uh, that, you know, I'd finish off with a, an executive director or VP title somewhere. Um, so that was a career built on fear. And along the way, I kept looking for ways to find more and more success, more and more success. And I started recognizing that, um, you know, I was wearing just a lot of masks. I really wasn't the person that everyone else thought I was. For example, you know, um, at one point at Dell, I had a nickname, Big Duke. And it was because, you know, I look like a Duke, right? I just kind of had that scruffy look, right? Big guy. I was always a dude in the flannel, right? Um, worked out all the time. And, you know, everyone knew that I was involved in MMA, and so that wasn't like the the stereotypical like corporate dude. So had a little bit of that stigma and I literally let people create this story around me and I just rolled with it. So I can't tell you how many awesome fights I kicked so many, so many people's ass that just never happened, but you know what? I wasn't going to bring you back in. And so, you know, it's funny because these personas that we create are just based on our want and our need to be accepted. Right. And so for me, literally coming into the corporate space, not looking like anyone else, not sounding like anyone else, not really having a background like anyone else. And everyone around me had a college degree. I didn't. Right. So whatever stories people created, literally the ones that took the most spark is what I became. Right. And so all that mixed into my drive and my desire to want to be just a badass salesperson, because I thought that is what success looked like is making the money and having the cars, having the chicks, having the home, having this, having all of that. So that's what I chased. And, you know, for all those years, I developed that persona to support that. Um, and it was simply just me hiding in my own insecurities. Right. 
Um, and so walking away from corporate, I simply just walked into a place of, I want to help others, namely men, right? That are in my genre, my age group. So that, you know, 25 to 55, right? Um, that are in the corporate space, that are in the working space, that are in the entrepreneur space, business owners. I kind of know those demons that we all fight. We all share the same, right? We're all very distinctively handsome devils on this call with glorious beards, but we're all, you know, so unique, yet we're all so much the same. I guarantee if we spend enough time with each other, we'd recognize that we have a lot of things in common. We'd recognize that we probably share a lot of the same fears, a lot of the same insecurities. And so, you know, my mission today is simply to share those experiences, to share those um, frameworks with people that just Help us all to have the best of all, right? The best of all, everything. Have our cake and eat it too. And especially what's going on in the world today, right? So many people are just freaking the fuck out right now. And, you know, it's like, calm down. Let's figure out what's important. Now, my only fear is, is when this COVID-19 bullshit goes away, right? Do we go back to being just narcissistic again, right? Do we go back? Because right now, everyone's preaching it, right? They're like, hey, y'all, hang out with your family, Let's go hiking today. Nature, y'all. Hashtag blessed. Motherfucker, you're going to go right back to Lambos and mansions when this shit's over. Right? <laughs> yep. And so it's, it's how do we keep this that we're all feeling right now, the connection, the sense of home, the sense of community. How do we keep this when we still have the shiny objects of going to a baseball game, right? Going back to the office. You know how many people are freaking out because they can't see their work husbands or work wives right now? All right. Now, peep this one. How many dudes do you think are freaking the fuck out right now because it's been weeks since they've been able to go to a strip club? Well, probably a lot. Right? I mean, real talk, right? Right. So we have all this time to be all kumbaya and shit and get in touch with our inner selves. But the trick is, is when you have those temptations and you have all those other things to distract you do you allow yourself to get distracted right um listen I, I i say this to my boys all the time and and i say it jokingly and maybe there's some truth to it right but listen there's nothing wrong with a couple eight balls and strippers if you want to go have fun but don't let that be the thing that drives you that you live for every weekend right i mean listen we're all human we're all here to experience this world that we live in and if that's your crazy thing, I'm not going to judge you, right? And if sitting on the mountaintop and singing Kumbaya is your thing, I'm not going to judge you. But at the end of the day, I think we have the ability to live in the spectrum of one end or the other. And many of us get stuck in one end. And it's not, it really isn't that great to just sit and be Kumbaya all the time. And it doesn't, you know, doesn't feel good to be stuck in the strip club all the time either. Because at some point you got to step out. And man, when you step out of that daylight, it hurts, right? <laughs> so if you can live in the spectrum and not judge yourself, um, you end up having this real cool magical life. And that is what I left corporate to do is just step into that space to speak and to coach um, kind of like on that vibe. So that was a quick uh, 50,000 foot view of it, man. I love it. And uh, I think that you're perfect for our target audiences um, because like here's a here's a thought that I had when you were when you were talking about shiny on object syndrome is uh what was it like two years ago um i was I was really trying like my my goal was to buy a fucking maserati that's what I wanted and now Brad's giving me shit the other day for bitching about um spending a hundred dollars to fence my garden off so my chickens don't eat all the the stuff. <laughs> so right. it, it's really just a matter of perspective. Um, I don't personally like the the Lambos and the Maseratis and all that stuff anymore. It's just not, uh, it's not really spiritually fulfilling, I guess would be the perfect word. Um, but yeah, you are coaching people that we're, we're kind of targeting for our audience. We want to help people get over that fear, fear barrier and uh, also kind of recognize who they are, who their inner self is and what their true desires really are. Yeah, man. Um, here's the thing, you know, I say buy a fucking Maserati, man, have fun. Like 
have a blast. Like there's one point where, um, like I'm a car guy. I love cars. And it was, it was down to the, you know, you could pick up a Maserati for what, like 25, 30 grand. Right. As long as you're willing to pay to five to 10 grand a year in maintenance on it. Right. Right. Um, and so I too had that image because my kind of my dream car was the Audi eight, um, the A8L. Mm-hmm. And I was okay. like, you know what? I can pick up and I could use Maserati, man. Blah, blah, blah. I started thinking about it and I was like, yes, it's a great experience, but was I willing to spend the extra five, 10 grand a year to keep up the facade of I drive a Maserati? Right? And the A8, don't get me wrong, it's kind of a fucking pimp car too, but it's fun and I had the best of both worlds. I still had the big car, I still had the power, right? And even like today, I have, you know, my daily driver's a FJ, um, Toyota FJ, right? But I have a Corvette, and I love getting out and cruising my Corvette. Um, but, you know, it's not the thing that defines me, right? Um, I also don't have to have that certain chach look when I drive my Corvette, right? I mean, I can literally drive it in some fucking cut off Daisy Dukes and a tank top, <laughs> or I can be in a, you know, in a freaking like robe with some mala beads, or I can be in just dress normal, right? To me, it's just the experience of it because it's what I enjoy. And I think that we can be on both ends, right? You can have the cars and the, I mean, it looks like you're a hunter, right? Yeah, um, we both are for sure. Right? You know, you like to hunt. It looks like you got, is that a road bike or a mountain bike? Uh, so there is a road bike and a mountain bike right i mean here's the thing like these are all tools and resources for us to have experiences right just like the car or even the lambo or whatever it is but as long as you're not attached to that that's the key thing and so many of us find success in the attachment of what we have look at me i have this car look at me i mean and you guys even see it probably in your own circles right because i mountain bike for quite some time right um, I've never been a big hunter, but I grew up in Southeast Texas. That should say it all. Um, right. And so, you know, at the end of the day, um, even in those circles, sometimes you'll see like people that are attached. Like if your shotgun's not a, you know, fully automatic Benelli, then you're a punk. Right. So now you're going out now you're spending three grand on a shotgun and you're like, Oh shit, how do I shuffle this? And my wife doesn't get mad at me. And, Right, we put these masks on because we're always keeping up and it's these little subconscious implants that we don't think about, right? Um, but now once you become aware of that, then you can truly have the enjoyment and fulfillment of those experiences, truly climb that corporate ladder and still find a success. But now you have the things but the things don't own you. I like that because a lot of times you get... Uh so overwhelmed in the things that they literally own you for the rest of your time. Yeah. Dude, there was one point where um, my little measure of success was um, owning luxury watches or a luxury watch. And I would wear it on my right hand specifically. So when we did the power shake and I gave you the dominant, right? Because I'm a complete dick. Right. And I show I pulled a power move. Not only did I pull the dominant move by placing my hand on top of yours, then you saw my five thousand dollar watch sitting on my wrist. And if that wasn't enough, then I don't have it here. But if you know the brand Mont Blanc mm-hmm. and very distinctive cap, right? Literally, after we shook hands and we sat down, I would reach in and like slow motion pull out my Mont Blanc pen so that you could see the dial of it and knew that I was writing with a $150 pen all in an effort to try to fucking impress you. So you think I'm cool. It's a lot of freaking effort, man. And there's too many of us that do that. And we do that subconsciously and we're not aware of how draining that is. So, you know, especially guys, right? Like us, we get home at the end of the day and you're like, I just need to, I just need to have a beer, man. For me, it was a JMO, JMO on the rocks. Got to have a JMO on the rocks and sit and chill, right? Because it's so much freaking work, like putting up that facade. And now think about it. The days that you just show up and you kind of don't give a fuck and you just do you, you go home, you feel really good, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, just do more of that. That's literally the base of my business, right? It's let's do more of that. 
know, it's uh it's funny because you were in the the corporate world and in sales and all that and pretty much everything that you touched on is kind of what I've been experiencing. Um, I'm kind of in the corporate world still and uh, everybody I work with freaking wear suits and stuff. I'll walk in like this with a camel hat and a t-shirt, yeah. do my job and I'll leave. Like I'm the weirdest, most oddball dude in there. Like, <laughs> and I, I get people all the time. How are you such a blue collar guy with a white collar job? And I'm like, I'm just myself. Like, this is what I do. This is what I know. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the stereotypes. Don't. And that's it. the thing, man. It's um, so many people get so attached to that title or that job. Think about it. Most people that you meet, first thing they ask you is, what do you do? Right. And it, that drives me nuts. Right. They start stack ranking you. I mean, think about it. Like, play with it. Like, one day. Like, be like, hey, you know what? I work at the front desk at Marriott. And see how much action you get from them. And then maybe the flip side is take something that you know well enough to talk about in detail and just be like, hey, yeah, I'm a nuclear physicist or, you know, I own a company or whatever. And see how, see how quickly you get a difference in opinions and, and engagement from people, right? We're right. always stack ranking people because we're always looking for, here's the thing that people won't admit. We're always looking for ways to satisfy our ego. We're always looking for ways to feel good about ourselves. Even now in this pandemic, people reach out all the time. They're like, hey man, how you doing? I'm like, motherfucker, you know how I'm doing. I'm straight, I'm chilling, bro. I'm loving life. Like, question is, how are you doing? Like, you're reaching out for some comfort. Everything that we do, it's to satisfy ourselves in some way or another. When we reach out to people, Unless you've done the, unless you've done some work and you're and you're aware of this consciously, you're reaching out to fill a need. Need. I want to feel certain. I want to feel significant. I want to help. I want to contribute. Why? So I can feel good about myself, right? Mm -hmm. So even if you look at the way that people interact, when people are reaching out right now, people want to feel that certainty. I say, like you just talked about, find that certainty from within so you can walk into a room of suits in a camo, hat, blue jeans, flip-flops, and be you and still thrive. Right now, people are so uncertain about themselves this is why they're not thriving. Because they have those masks, they have those layers on. I like that a lot. I, I mean, I work in the sewer business and I see that all the time with people that are coming in. And it's like... We, me and my wife just bought a new truck. Now, like there are seven people that have just bought a brand new truck. Right. And it's like, mine's an older truck. Oh, well, I needed a new one. You had a 2016. What's the problem with it? Oh, well, you know, um, I'm like, okay, whatever. Keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. This hamster wheel, man. And here's the thing. What people don't recognize is that uh, the Joneses, Joneses are trying to keep up with the Joneses. Mm -hmm. man and it just becomes ugly and you have to um like literally you you know it's like i i really get it when people are like oh you've changed you know you went and did this thing or you made money or you did this and you've changed yes i get it now because people have changed to protect that thing that they built dude i was already making two hundred thousand dollars a year plus and I was still afraid that I would be found out that I wasn't as intelligent as I was, or I didn't have as much game as I said I had, even though I had the, the POs to prove it, right? Mm -hmm. I was still always worried because I was always putting on this mask and I was always trying to be what someone else thought I should be. And so when you're like that, man, it's like zinging all over, right? You're zinging all over trying to figure out who the hell you are and you forget. Then when you just say, fuck it, I'm just me. I'm just going to show up and do me regardless. I'm going to have hand tattoos. I'm going to have cross earrings. I'm going to have a beard. You know what? And today I might just wear a fucking tie-dye ascot. <laughs> nice. And when you can just show up and be you, people respond to that. And it makes business easier. Right? Then you get home and you have something left in the tank for wife and kids or the husband and kids. Right. Right. Um, then you're not freaking out when stuff like this happens, but it comes back to, you know, again, find that sense of who you are. 
So when you guys talk about your audience of, you know, kind of being that ideal client, um, what is the value thing that you guys bring to your audience? Information, I think, is a good one. Um, we we, we kind of have this dinner table style conversation uh, with our with our guests, um, as I'm sure that you've noticed. But I, we're trying to resonate to that audience with this style of conversation. And then um, with everybody that we've talked to, everybody's kind of in their own niche, niche, however it's pronounced. And uh, we've talked to people that were in business financing all the way down to like musicians and stuff like that. But we want people to just listen and kind of pick out what's going to resonate with them and utilize that to make themselves better is more or less our goal. What, what would you say the one thing that your audience is, or what is the one thing that your audience needs right now more than anything? To get over the fear barrier. Yeah. Why do you think, um, well, what do you think they're most afraid of? Failure. Yeah, I'd have to say failure. Because, I mean, that was our biggest thing before we started this is, well, we're just going to suck and we're going to fail at it. We're going to fail forward and then we'll figure it out. But I think uh, this this topic comes up like all the time. And uh, I want to say probably 100% of people have, have fear of some sort in what they're doing, whether it be trying to start a restaurant, a food truck, a toy store, whatever. Hmm. And what would you say the prescription is to move past that? Oh, honestly, um, research, learn, yeah. and just do it. <laughs> I mean, we, we started this podcast and we should have put in probably 30 hours of research and we probably put two in. And I mean, we failed a lot of times and we kept building and it was frustrating. Uh, we took two months off at one point yep. and came back because we just took the two months off to be with family and friends and then research what we were doing. And then we came back and figured out more things. Um, so I think the biggest thing is um, not knowing what you're doing is another big thing because I mean, me and Kevin, we like to say we know what we're doing, but we probably don't. <laughs> I love to say I don't know what I'm doing. People ask me questions. My two favorite responses is no, and I don't know. Yeah, I think that is, uh, I think that's really the secret. Is once you can recognize that you don't know what you're doing is when life really starts to happen. Um, for so many years, I pushed and pushed everything and made shit happen, basically. And it was like, hold on and enjoy the ride, right? Yeah. And I've learned to surrender, let go, and just enjoy the flow. Um, that becomes a lot more magical. Um, you know, I don't fight for clients. I don't fight for speaking engagements. Do I get everything that I want? No, but guess what? I get everything that I want, right? Um, it really is just a, a place where when you can just let go and surrender to that knowing. Um, and for me, it's, it's getting through the fear of, the fear of the fear, right? Because what are we, what are we really afraid of? Fear of failing, what? That I won't have money, I won't be able to pay rent, I won't be able to eat, I won't be able to take care of my family, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then if I can't do that, oh my gosh, uh, I'm gonna have to turn to a life of crime or I'm gonna die. So really just, it boils down to, you're not gonna die, let's get that out of the way, right? Um, you've been through some tough times before and you're standing today so you know that this too shall pass. And it's literally just like getting to the place. For me, it's not it's not any more disciplined than that, yet pivoting and finding a way to dissolve the fear of not being taken care of, not being enough, not being worthy. Because really that's what it boils down to. If I know that I'm worthy, I'm enough. I'm unconditional love. I know that that is abundance and there is no lack. So I should never really be in a scarcity mindset. When I am, then I go back to what's the fear. And as humans, we share two fears. 
fear of death and fear of poverty, two biggest fears right now, right? And if you look at what's going on in the world today, many people are operating in the state of fear because of what? Holy shit, we're not going to make money. Oh man, here comes a stimulus check. That'll save us. So, right? Or the fear of death. Oh my gosh, I better wear a fucking mask. I better not go anywhere. I better sit down like a good little boy and good little girl and just wait till it's my turn to go use potty. Fear of death and fear of poverty. And we have all heeded and stopped in our tracks. Now, if you can get a hold of that and you can recognize that you are an eternal being, you always have been, you always will be. This is just a vehicle, like that Corvette that I like to drive around. This is just a vehicle, man. The tattoos, the earrings, the beard, those are just paint, wheels, right? Tint, all that shit. When you recognize that you're not this body and you get away from the attachment of, oh, I am Mr. Badass Salesman, or I am Mr. You know, Badass Entrepreneur, or I am this, or I'm that, and recognize that we're all the same. We just have different toppings, if you will, right? And you know that because you are this eternal being that you're always going to be provided for, you're always going to be taken care of, you're always going to be supported in anything that you so desire, you can manifest into this reality. And you absolutely know, fuck death and poverty. That's not even in your menu, right? Right. You can live. So many of us right now, we're in a state where we're playing defense. We're trying not to fucking die. Guess what? You, you, and you, all three faces on this call right now, we're all going to die. We don't get to decide when, right? So as long as you get that fear out of your way, what else can you play? What else can you pull over me? Nothing. So freedom is here. So if you can get free to be who you are, you can literally manifest anything. And think about most of your audience right now. If we're all operating out of fear, think about shifting that mindset to that one of abundance, dissolving those fears. Now do you think we can go create? Now do you think we can go pivot our businesses? Now do you think we can go thrive and be successful? So for me, it's never about like becoming a better speaker or becoming a better coach. Those things are going to happen as a result of me dissolving my resistance to those things coming to me, right? So I'm going to consume the content that I need. I'm going to unlock the knowledge that I already have within. I'm going to call forward the life situations to give me the lessons that I need to articulate the messages, right? And if I can just be still and quiet and get into that zone by knowing who I am, then the work shit happens. But you see, it's moving out of that, that hustling grind on the exterior. And, you know, maybe it's just redirected energy and maybe it's hustling grind on the interior. But I got to tell you, that feels much better, right? So you work on yourself, you get quiet, you get still, you dissolve those. And then all of a sudden, the thing that you've been working on, because it sounds like your audience is all about finding that next level of success, right? Then that just happens. And now you have more time for the family. Now you have more time to go biking. Now you have more time to go hunting, right? Where are you guys located uh, physically? Utah for now. Okay. I'll be moving to Kansas in May. Okay. I'm also in Utah. Utah. And I'm in Wisconsin, right? Mm -hmm. So, man, um, like I said, I suck. I'm great at sitting still in my meditation and stuff like that but put me in a deer blind and I suck at sitting still. So I just like having fun. I always like having friends that hunt. Um, my last hunting experience, I got to tell you, I uh, stayed up playing penny poker all night drinking. Uh, I think it might've been wild Turkey. And I'd forgotten that my buddy that I was with literally skinned the deer the night before and had it hanging not too far outside of the door of the trailer that we were staying in. And as I stumbled out that next morning, it came face to face with that thing and pretty much cured me from everyone to hunt again. <laughs> but that fried backstrap was really good though. Oh yes. Um, right. And so it's like, you know, I'm here in Wisconsin. And so, man, I love when hunting season starts up, man. I have seen deer transported on, if someone had a deer strapped to a Vespa, 
I wouldn't be surprised seeing it. Like I've seen people strap deer to anything and everything here, but man, it's like, you know, how do I have all the fun in life, have all the success, still have, you know, a great relationship with Karen and she doesn't bitch at me when I want to go out deer hunting and I get to go deer hunt as much as I want. Rifle season, bow season. And now I have the best of all worlds. And for me, it's, that's the message. And I think that's what we're all trying to create for people, right? Is how do we get to that balance of life? Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing, um, I mean, pro, I mean, it, it resonates in my mind sometimes is I never thought that um, I'll be able to get to that point too. Um, is like, okay, well, you're just so good. It just happens naturally. I'll never be able to get there. It's, uh, I say before there's anything else, there's discipline right and it can be start off with the alarm clock right i wake up now with all this adjustment i i've now adjusted the time that i wake up but prior to this i was waking up at 3 30 in the morning right um i get a lot more hours back during the day that i don't have to have i don't have to take face-to-face meetings anymore right so now i wake up a little later i get a little bit more sleep Listen, I'm really good at managing my stress and anxiety, but I also know that there's some underlying stress and anxiety that I may not be aware of. There's, I mean, we're in a fucking world pandemic right now. Like the entire world is shut down. And if anyone doesn't grasp the severity of that, they need to put the pipe away, right? Like recognize that, but don't be like fearful of it. So you know what? Like I'm sleeping more hours a night. Now I'm allowing myself to do that because I know my body needs the rest, right? Everyone else is like trying to do more. How do I do more? I say, start by doing less, like have the discipline to not be the first person to respond to emails in the morning. Cause guess what, Betty, no one gives a fuck anymore in the office. How, how much of a cheerleader you are. You think anyone is gunning for a fucking team player award right now? No. Right? So you think anyone else is, oh, look at me, man. I answer emails at 1030 at night. You think anyone cares about that shit right now? So quit trying to be the best at like this shadow game, right? So how do you do it? How do you get there? You start by discipline. Start with your alarm clock. Say, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. come hell or high water. Start with that alarm clock. Pretty soon, you're not going to need an alarm clock anymore. At first, it's going to suck. You're going to hit snooze. You're going to roll out of bed. You're going to get up. You're going to get dressed. You're going to go downstairs, and you're going to go right back upstairs and lay down in bed. How do I know? Because I've done it. Been there. Done that. Right? But pretty soon, you'll wake up at 3.30. At 3.35, you'll be pouring a cup of coffee. At 3.40, you'll be sitting in front of the fireplace. At 3.45, you're starting breath work like clockwork because you've created the habit because you had discipline to set it up. So now what I would say is go back and also take inventory of all of your habits. I have a very distinctive morning routine. I start off in the morning with breath work, meditation, body movement, and I move into my workout workout, right? Um, You guys, if you don't do something similar to that, you do have a morning routine. I guarantee you, you probably brush your teeth and shower in a particular order every single time, right? Um, and so when you look at it, we're, we're habitual beings. So now if you go start to dissect, what are those routines that don't really serve you? What are the habits? If you have a habit of Friday nights, bowling league and beer with the boys, and on Saturday your wife bitches at you because you never get your shit done, Maybe you should look at the habit that keeps you from waking up at 6 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. Right eye and brushy tail. So now when you start to look at your habits, then you can start to pluck out the habits that no longer serve you to make room for the ones that do. So now, listen, if you think about this, if you've gotten up in the morning and you had time completely by yourself, you got to control exactly what you took in. So 86% of us, the first thing we do in the morning is we grab this. Right. So now if you grab this, you say, the only thing I'm going to take in is what I prescribe. So I know the exact video I'm going to listen to, the exact song I'm going to listen to. Now you input whatever it is you so choose. 
Now you choose what you read. Now you have time alone. Now, as your body wakes up, you now are able to give it commands that are real time in this moment for you versus how many times have you gotten up in the morning and maybe you went to bed and your wife was pissed off at you and you wake up still having an argument in your head. Right? So what is it? Over 60,000 thoughts per day. 95% of them are habitual in nature. 86% of them are negative. So if you go to bed negative, you had a negative day yesterday, you're probably going to have a negative day today. So if you can stop that motion and get quiet and input those positive thoughts, those positive words, those positive beats, then you can create the dialogue in that theta state and implant those new subconscious rules and beliefs. Now, all of a sudden, because I've been in a meditative state for hundreds of hours and I've repeated the words, I don't know, I don't care, it doesn't matter. When COVID-19 hits and everyone's freaking out, I just go, don't know, don't care, it doesn't matter, I'm cool, right? Because I have that knowing. But how do you get to that is you start with discipline. And the discipline is make the decision that I need to pivot or something that I want to change. Make the decision to allow yourself to know that I have control of everything. If I got side smacked, leaving my driveway, my first question would be, what did I do to attract this? Because I take full responsibility and accountability. So if you have discipline, accountability, responsibility, you're on a great track. Everything else just happens by osmosis, right? Literally, pretty much you light a candle, pretty much you walk into the room later on that day, the whole room smells like candle. So you start the motion of creating those habits, pretty much those habits consume who you are and you're just one big walk-in positive habit. Now you're attracting the things in life that, that you're vibrating at, the frequency that you're putting out. That's what you're getting back in, right? Now all of a sudden, guess what? You don't have shit talkers around you anymore, right? You don't have naysayers around you anymore. You don't have negative people around you anymore. You don't have the fucking Karens and Carls of the world around you anymore, right? You just don't attract that shit anymore. How is it some people that you know always have drama in their life? Because they give off drama. Right. So then when you can start addressing that, right, how do you get to that? What we talked about, right, Brad, we start with discipline to say tomorrow morning, I'm starting 5 a.m. I'm waking up no matter what. And dude, legitimately, there have been times in my life where I've literally made it to the gym and laid down on the bench in the dressing room and just went back to sleep. But guess what? I made it to the gym. And then fucking celebrate the shit out of your wins. Like you have to celebrate your wins. When you can celebrate those little wins, those big wins come so much more, right? The more you celebrate the little wins, the more you make room, the more you get momentum to create the inspiration of the big W's. And then all of a sudden you get this random check, right? Dude, I remember uh, a couple of weeks ago, I set the intention one morning after uh, meditation at, uh, actually, it was the 31st of last month. I said, you know what? COVID-19 hit. It put a stop on my business. Didn't really make any money this month. But you know what? It'd be kind of cool to make 10 grand next month. And that felt really good. And I said, yeah, no, you know, April, April would be really cool just to make, it'll be, yeah, you know what? Yeah, it'll feel really good to make 20 grand. And I really just kind of played with it like that. No joke. This is like 8 o'clock in the morning. I shit you not. At this point, I've been gone from corporate for 60 days, um, turning my hardware, turning my company car, all of that. I'm cooking lunch at noon, and my wife goes, D, um, there might have been a mistake. Why did we get a check for $9,600 from HP? And I go, what? She goes, yeah, we have a check pending for $9,600 right now. She goes, you've been gone for two months. And I just started laughing. I said, because I'm motherfucking ass for it. And then it hit me. I was like, oh, there's like probably some commission true ups, right? That just got backlogged through distribution. Again, had I not set the intention, had I not asked for it, would it still been there? Probably so. But you know what? It sure does feel good not stressing about it. It sure does feel good to literally go through a month of March, make $222 when I'm used to making 20 grand a month to be so chilled about it and be like, okay, it's cool. 
versus stressing about it the entire month and then still walking into $9,600. Either way, I walked into it. I say, just you, well, I don't say you pick which one, which road would you rather travel, right? It might be all mystical and woo-woo bullshit, but guess what? I'm having fun with life right now, man, right? And the juice just keeps coming, right? And there's more stories like that. So for me, I absolutely know right now, my biggest thing every day is to wake up and how do I have more fun? And today I get to do it by hanging out with two cool dudes. I like that story a lot. Um, it's it's kind of funny because we've all been through hardships at some point, and I've been on this this journey for uh, a couple of years at least. And uh, it's funny, I've noticed every time I'm like, oh, I'm fucked. Like I'm not gonna be able to pay my, whatever bill. I'm gonna have to stack it on the next month or whatever. Something always happens. And uh, it's like, it's like I'm a cat. I don't just land on my feet every time. And uh, so now like after doing uh, all of the, the mindset training and stuff that I've been working through and uh, now I'm in a, in a lot better situation than I was years ago. But uh, it's funny, like my wife was stressing one day and I was like, just don't worry about it. And she's like, how the fuck do you not worry about it? I was like, we'll figure it out. She's like, how? Don't know yet, but we'll get there. <laughs> and sure as shit, we got a check in the mail for like 400 bucks or whatever. We made our car payment that month. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't really ever say it's weird. It's funny. And when I do say it, I catch myself because it's no longer weird. It's no longer funny, man. It's just, it's normal. Right. Right. Um, when you think of it in terms of I'm always taken care of, I'm always provided for. And you know what? Like um, people ask me all the time. They're like, hey, uh, I see you wear cross earrings. Are you really spiritual? Are you really religious? And I was like, um, I was like, do you guys know who George Michael is? And they're like, yeah, the 80s uh, singer. And I'm like, yeah, I got to have faith, 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 faith. Yeah. They're like, yeah. I was like, that's why I wear them because he wore cross earrings and I thought it was cool as shit. I was like, it has nothing to do with spirituality. It has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with religion. But if you do want to talk about that, like your God says to have the faith of a mustard seed, your God says to walk by faith, not by sight. Where's your faith now, motherfucker? Right? So if you want to talk about that, let's talk about that, but let's live it. Right? Having the faith of a mustard seed that you're always taken care of, you're always taken care of, you always know. Like you guys took a jump on doing this podcast. Like I took a jump. I literally walked away from $250,000. Most people will never make that kind of money in their career. It is a very small percentage when you look at the scale, right? I think 250, two, at a 250 base, I think that put me in the top three or 4%. My best year in corporate was 315, which was enough to put me in the 1% in this state, 2% overall. Like I had a good thing going. And I literally was just like, dude, I'm out. Why? Because I absolutely know, right? Now here I am, I got these grand plans and 60 days later, the rug's been pulled out. Or has it? Because I really believe this dialogue is really needed right now, right? And right. so for me, I go, man, everyone's freaking out and going, oh, why is this happening to me? And I go, COVID-19 is happening for me because I know that my juice is exactly what the world needs right now, right? I know that the crazy that I do that keeps me sane, man, people would love to replicate that, right? And so for me, I'm not worried about pivoting my business. I'm simply, simply working on how do I continue to just be, have fun, resonate with great conversation like this because this is absolute this is work right now right think about it right for me i'm getting exposure to your audience and people are going to go this motherfucker is whack or ooh, how do i do what he does and they're going to go go on the google machine look me up right so mm -hmm. at the end of the day i don't look at it as trying to hustle and grind i'm just like how can i have more fun when i'm done with this i got a call with uh, a team that we're working on an event down in austin coming later this summer 
And then, dude, I'm playing with my son for the rest of the afternoon. Right? And if I can sit in that, guess what? Business just comes, right? More opportunities just come. And at the end of the day, like you said, man, right, Kev, it's just going to be all right, man. Like, it'll work out. Like, dude, I've, I'm 46. Bro, I've, I've had a 500 credit score. Like, I fucked my credit up. And, you know, I built it back up. It was, you know, it was in the sevens. It dropped. I built it back up. It's in the sevens. It's great credit now, right? But but it was so bad. Like, I was a dude that was dodging calls from my credit card companies. That doesn't feel good. But guess what? I got through it. Came out of it just fine. It was a lot of fucking juggling back in those days, man, right? <laughs> Yep. A lot of them, dude. Like when you got people calling every day, be like, bro, where's my money? Right? You find yourself, you you literally find yourself searching on Google, can I go to jail for not paying my credit card bills? Talk about fucking fear, right? Yep. If I can get through that shit, man, I'm good. I can get through anything. And so just like you said, Kevin, like just that that knowing is enough to jump, right? Because um, you know, just I'm not really good with Bible verses and stuff, but talking about faith and religion and stuff like that just now, it's like, you know, there's a, there's a verse or at least a Bible story that says, if you have enough faith and you're a gift and you jump, right. That your, your shoot will open or you will soar or whatever it is, your gift will re- reveal itself and you'll have that, that soft landing. And so I think it's exactly all that, right. Just rearticulate it, just have that courage to jump. And how do you get to that place of knowing, right, Brad? It's having a discipline. So it's, I, I literally say it's uh, discipline wrapped in grace, right? You have that hardcore discipline to grind through it, but you have the grace to go, my nose kind of hurts, so I'm going to stop grinding for a minute, and it's going to be okay if I rest, and I know that my nose is going to heal, my body's going to rest, and I'm going to be able to grind more. And then I go back, and you play this little dance, and life truly becomes this little dance, this little dance back and forth. And when you can find that rhythm, man, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I like that because a lot of people think that you can't stop, and you, you have to just keep constantly doing it. It's that rat race, keeping up with the Joneses, man. Like seriously, right? If I work eighty hours a week and I make a hundred k, if I work ninety, man, can I make? 110, 100, because I can get that one more thing, right? I can always get that one more thing. And then pretty soon you look up and it's like, man, dude, I like the simpler days when my OPEX was like, you know, two grand a month. Now I'm spending $10,000 a month just to fucking keep the lights on. What the hell? Right? And then you just go, man, this is not important. This is not important. This is not important. Um, And then you truly start to find who you are. And man, Again, the hope is, is when we come out of this, we don't go back to shiny objects, right? Um, just by, you know, the decor in the background there, right? With the, uh, with the hunting and all that of Top Kev, right? Like, you don't need much to be happy. You could care less if the clubs and the restaurants are open right now, right? I, I, do, I do miss being asked, uh, do you want a booth or a table? Right. <laughs> I mean, you're good. Like if they're not serving burgers down at the burger joint right now, you know, yeah. but unfortunately most people are not. And so I say, man, um, I love what you guys do. I love that you're bringing this kind of message to, to an audience and thank you for having me. Thank you for giving me an opportunity just to chat today. And I love the format of like the, uh, you know, kitchen table type conversation. Thank you so much. Um, I think Brad will holy hell. <laughs> I think Brad has one more question for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, so we asked this question to everybody because it's so dynamic and diverse. Um, so the question is, is in your personal idea, what is your definition of success? Um <clears throat> I don't know who, I think, it was, I can't remember the guy's name that said it, but I heard this definition through Earl Nightingale, and it is the one that uh, resonates with me quite a bit, and I hope I don't fuck it up, and it is, um, 
you know, success is any progress towards an, what is it? Any progress towards a worthy ideal. Any progress towards towards a worthy ideal. So the way he talks about it, he says, you know, the man that says, I want to be a gas station attendant, or the woman or the man that says, I want to be a teacher, and they're a teacher and they only make $30,000 a year, they only make $20,000 a year as a gas station attendant, are they any less successful than the person that says, I want to be a CEO and make $500,000 a year? And the answer is no. And that's why that resonates with me. It's, it's whatever you decide. And I think so many of us sell ourselves on this false interpretation of what success is. I know I certainly did. And it was a big part of my story. And I found that success. But I also found that that was someone else's definition. So thus, I wasn't happy. Am I grateful for it? Absolutely. Because I am a badass fucking businessman. I can close some deals, right? I can create strategy. So it wasn't for a loss. It serves me today, but it also has me in a place where, you know what? Three years ago, four years ago, you would have never gotten me on a call like this unless I was dressed to the T, unless I was wearing a $2,000 suit and wearing a $5,000 watch, right? And today I'm literally in my fucking Milwaukee hoodie, um, right? Uh, and party, you know, party up, what is it? Party on the bottom, business up top. That would be absolutely me, right? <laughs> so I, I would say my definition of success is if you're making progress towards anything that you define as your happiness, you're successful. I like that one a lot. Yeah, I really like that one too. Top three. Awesome. awesome. I love it, dude. Thank you, man. Well, uh, thank you so much for hopping on and, uh, kind of deep diving with us uh i don't think we've had i don't think we've ever gone this deep i don't think we've had anything that really <laughs> focused on one thing and just like deep dived in or dove whatever the board yeah, is because usually we're kind of like a cat that's got add on shiny things oh man i hope i didn't mess your flow up no, no it, it was really it good was awesome. i really like this so. I, I i try to i try to keep out of the uh the rat hole too much man but <laughs> You know, give me a fucking mic and a stage and give me something that's fun to talk about. And unfortunately, it can go really deep sometimes. But if anything, you know, what I hope that you guys got out of it, your audience is just thought provoking and maybe maybe a kind of aha on a perspective. Right. Like, I don't expect anyone to jive with all of my crazy, but I think my crazy is interesting enough and articulated in such a way that you at least go, hmm, maybe. Right. And if you can look at it from this angle versus this angle, I think that's really all I'm asking. So thank you for giving me that platform and the opportunity today. And I hope it wasn't too crazy for you. 